Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by singer-songwriter Kevin Newhall. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. course. Yeah, so we were introduced to you by our dear friend, um, Andrea Hansen, who no longer lives in Chicago, sadly. Uh, Sadly for us. So she's dead to us. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. If we could figure out, like, this is a thing that we've had to, like, we've tried a couple times and failed at a couple times, but doing, like, remote podcasts. Uh Uh-huh. Um, just because it's really hard to first off make sure you're getting like good audio quality like remotely, but mm-hmm. also um, timing everything is really mm-hmm. tricky. Um, so, but she's on the top of our list if we could figure it out. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And she will be in town. Yeah, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Well, the thirtieth. So yeah, that's like, like a week like away. Next week. Okay, yeah. I know it's really coming up. Yeah, yeah. This is why I've stopped programming under the, in the summer because the summer just seems when you program in the summer like it just comes up so quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but can you um, let's start getting into it. So, um, okay. would you mind telling our audience a little bit about your project? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so I have a new record coming out. And it's kind of a concept album, or I like to call it a song cycle. Cool. <laughs> um, so basically, the, the title is Don't Let the Moon Fool You, and it's Kevin Newhall and the Affinities. Now, the Affinities is a trio of vocalists, and Andrea is one of the Affinities. Oh, cool. Along with River Roberts and Jen Ucellis. Um, and they uh, provide harmonies. On most of the tracks, and um, Andre does a duet with me, and then River and Jen do a trio with me on the record as well. Um, the concept behind it is, um, I, uh, it's basically, to summarize it briefly, it's I, I'm giving myself and America a kind of tarot reading. Oh, cool. Um, uh, that I started uh, after the uh, 2016 presidential election and um, uh, kind of came out of a reading I kind of gave for myself at that time and um, then started to write a song for each of the cards in this, in this uh, reading. So there is, it's a seven, seven tarot cards that I used as uh, writing prompts or inspiration, uh, ref- points of reflection as far as what's going on uh, in our country, and um, yeah. and wrote a song for each of them. Maureen and I just gave a very knowing look at each other because I think we can both tell how excited. I don't know if you're. I I, I think tomorrow was cool. I okay, yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And that the thing that I know that my subtext was was just like I have so many questions. I think, <laughs> I, the, like, the I, think I have that, a tarot deck. Yeah, oh, I, think cool. we, I think we have definitely at least at least one because I know we brought one up too from Milwaukee or down rather. Um, so I so the the place I guess I'm going to start with because this is like something that's fresh on my mind. Um, yeah, I see it. Cool. I just nice. wanted to find it. <laughs> We've been frequently uh, lately very into and like our audience can attest to this astrology and that's uh-huh. something that um, you know we don't talk about a ton on the podcast or anything like that. Um, but like, but we, when we do, boy, do we! <laughs> well, and, I, and I think it's, um, you know, we've been then also talking about it with like people that aren't in our audience. Like occasionally, it'll come up with like relatives and stuff. And we were actually just talking to your mom about it over the weekend, and she sent me the like New York Times article that was talking about it. How um, it is like religion for people without mm-hmm. religion, or, or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I don't necessarily the the train of thought that that took me into was not necessarily related to that thought specifically, but just that we do find ourselves in a weird era where because what's going on politically is just mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. How do you like one of the things that I really appreciate reading your um, the email you sent us and the 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 kind of like synopsis. Um, one of the things that you touch on is that it is not a. It is not a direct like response, right? Yes, uh, the the songs on this in this song cycle are not overtly political. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they are in you know it's it it what's going on in, our, in the politics at this time um kind of influence the reading yeah <laughs> and so you can uh it's although the songs aren't overtly political there's uh, you 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 hear more of my point of view on these issues mm-hmm. in the banter between the songs yeah. <laughs> and it kind of provides a different context for for the songs to be considered but i intentionally didn't want these songs to be super overtly political because that's um i want these to be good songs and it really enjoyable songs after this moment and for people generations from now that might hear them and uh might be in a very different moment than now and 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 they'd still be good songs that is i love the way that you said that because i think that kind of where i'm coming from with this line of thought is um the way that you said that it is looking at it from a different context is something that i think is very of this moment Mm -hmm. um but in a way that you can take it out of context because i think that there's obviously like direct response to what's going on politically is is powerful and important and necessary um but i also find that like a lot of people that are creating in this space mm-hmm. want to 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 take like are interested in taking a lens to what's happening but in a completely different direction and it is it is interesting that it's from this kind of like i i don't really know how you know i ju- i like threw out the word metaphysical before we started recording this like kind of like maybe you could call it like hippie spirituality no. like like whatever you want to call it like i just find it really interesting that that's that is a, a lens that lends it, lens that lends itself really well to how hard it can be to parse what's actually happening sometimes. Yeah, and I think the Thoreau has been interesting to work with um, for a couple reasons. But one is that I think what I've what I found as I work with doing these songs and and, and doing. Uh, playing these songs out and getting the response and that uh, realizing like how many like people have different people have different relationships to the tarot Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and um, so I want to so where I'm coming from with this is um, so for me it's not a supernatural thing sure Um, and I don't mean any offense to those that do no. uh, uh, look at the Torah or appreciate it on, in, the, on, in that way. But for me, um, it's kind of like um, kind of like a Rorschach ink blob. You kind of what you it, what's interesting is what you see in it. And I did um, actually River Roberts, one of the affinities. Um, is one of my nearest and dearest friends and she was my roommate for a while and she is uh, you know she reads tarot decks she does like she, you can hire her to do a tarot mm-hmm. reading for you and so uh, much of my that introduction into tarot was through River and um, so I through her I've learned the language of the deck and you know some ways to look at the different symbols that are there um but uh yeah for me it's 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 what's interesting is what what do i see in this card not that the card in and of itself has only one meaning but what do i how do i interpret it how do, what yeah. is it my well, reaction to it i i know that you know for example my my experience with tarot is that i've gotten two readings in my life um, and in both of them, like very prominently placed was the tower card oh. in both of them. And they, and both times they flipped it over and they were like, oh, the tower card. And for both readings, I was in very different places in my life mm-hmm. for, you know, during both of those readings. Um, and, you know, the card you know, though in strong placements, like definitely meant different things. And yeah. so I can totally understand how, like, yeah, you know, you can, you know, f- for instance, the the um, reading you did was a seven card one. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, those seven cards 
to a different person or during a different time in your life or with a different intention yes right mean very different things yes but you know if i were to get if I were to get another reading three years from now and I got the t- tower card again, I'm sure uh-huh. it would mean something very different. It's fascinating that you mentioned the, t- the tower card because that's the card that inspired this whole project. Really? Me. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. It was um, just after the uh, 2016 presidential election. Oh, that's some tower card shit right there. Yes. I knew, <laughs> I knew for myself, I knew I was going to write something. You know, I knew like songwriting has always been a good friend to me and how I process things. Um, but I struggled for a long time to uh, add lyrics. I, I came up with some melodies and some chords, but the lyrics I was having a hard time with. But the image from the tarot deck of the tower was very prominently on my mind. I just felt like um, this is a tower moment for myself and I think for this country at this time would um, you mind for for those who may not be as familiar mm-hmm. with tarot kind of explaining um g- generally and within the context of your work what the tower card means yeah what it symbolizes yeah so um the tower card um you know so there's different decks but most decks you will see the image of like a like medieval kind of castle kind of tower um, that's being struck by lightning, and there's fire, and there's uh, panic in the people there. There's some people jumping out of windows. It's a very distressing uh, image. And for me, um, and also how I've been, you know, I've been taught, <laughs> one possible way of uh, looking at that image is that it, it's that the tower moment is that moment where the thing that you thought was so strong and secure, the tower, which you sought shelter in, um, which you thought was um, sturdy, um, has now been hit and is starting to crumble or is on fire or it's not as secure as you thought it was. And it's kind of that moment um, where you kind of wake up and perhaps there had been cracks in the tower all along but you just ah it's not a big deal well it's not a big deal until it's hit by lightning um uh so you know i also think of the tower moment is like um when you uh oftentimes in movies when somebody's just kind of babbling and they kind of snap out of it like it's like come to reality here we are. This is happening. Yeah. I the what I most identify with the the tower card is I the second re- reading I received, which was actually like earlier this year, um where I got the tower card, I I like asked her what it meant and she was like, "Well, um she told me the story of the Tower of Babylon, how they tried to build a tower to heaven." Mm-hmm. And and it fell. Mm-hmm. And like because you know it you know you can't build a tower to heaven like Mm -hmm. even in the bible you can't build a tower to heaven and so like (laughs) um so like the idea of you know there are no shortcuts you know you have to be able to put in the work you know you can't you can't just build you can't just build a tower to heaven you gotta you gotta earn it Hmm. i love that which i think which i think and that's what i you know that's what I've always appreciated about Tarot is that like it mm-hmm. can it can kind of mean anything. Like right. in the context of different readings, the tower card can mean different things. And Absolutely. the fact that it it so strongly spoke to you after the twenty sixteen election is powerful. Right. And so this kind of goes back to the other thing about why the songs are not overtly political. Nobody's mentioned by name, no politicians or laws or, you know, issues are are named specifically. Um I I uh intentionally keep it that way because there are other kinds of tower moments um mm-hmm. where the things that you thought perhaps your relationship felt really secure and it experiences a, a, that strike of lightning, that tower moment. Um, so I think it, it, you know, um, my aim was to make these songs, they're inspired by these times in this particular reading, 
Um, but um, but it's also my hope and intention that they're relevant to other times and other other interpretations. That kind of reminds me, um, just in in concept of songs that were written during Vietnam, mm-hmm. of like. Yes, they were written during Vietnam. They were written about Vietnam, but they are still people still love them today, and they mm-hmm. they speak to different they speak to people in different ways. And I think that that's you know I think that that's really common for not that I don't anyway I th- I think that I think that it's really common for like people to seek solace in music written during tumultuous times mm-hmm. and you know even though we may be removed from that time specifically mm-hmm. it's so important to have kind of the you know the x in your calendar of like remember when like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um i want to get a little more into the music and we can definitely come back to Tara because yeah. this is very interesting but um, I want to touch on so um, you so it's uh, do you, what is the like instrumentation besides mm-hmm. the voices mm-hmm. so it's me and the, the affinities the trio of, of women and um, on most of the tracks I also have oh I play piano by the way oh cool <laughs> So it's me singing, playing the piano, uh, the affinities, and um, Jan Jans plays cello on most nice. of the tracks, and on one, two, on a couple of tracks, um, uh, Nick Abamante plays the harp. Ooh. Well, so I, I, you know, this is really interesting <laughs> because I think one of the, the distinctions you made that. Um, because the you've made two distinctions that I think for I that I personally don't find contradictory, but I think I wonder if people there are people that are in a traditional mindset that might find contradictory, okay. and that's the um, the singer songwriter, but also the this being mm-hmm. a song cycle oh, because yeah. I think that the idea of a song cycle. Are you familiar with like art song like like the? Well, yeah, I guess that's why. Yeah, so this, <laughs> yeah. I can see how that's can be contradictory. Well, I, but, that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it is. Like I, I, I it's, think that in a lot of ways, yeah. like this it's, tradition this, is not. This particular yeah. record is me, the singer songwriter, and me just being really classy. <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> so, I think that that's not a foreign experience to what people that were writing art song were having. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what when like Schubert was writing <laughs> song cycles. Like it wasn't meant for the like recital hall or for uh-huh. Carnegie no, you know for, it was for, it was for, for salons. salons yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah he'd be uh like releasing on his own indie label if he were releasing uh-huh. music today you know? <laughs> like he'd be Andy DeFranco or something like it's it's so I I think that's yeah. I always find that really refreshing when like people are able to recognize that level of like songwriting yeah. is not like yeah and but i also find it interesting that you play with a lot of forms and you know like yeah we know andrea from from uh from opera yeah from classical singing right and you know you play piano like cello yes. harp these are all textures and 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 thinkings that kind of bridge uh-huh. into this like traditional yeah you yeah. know songwriting lush yes yeah. lush that's a, i think that's a that's a good description of this particular record um, I made a record uh, previously that's as more of a poppy kind of sound, was more light mm-hmm. <laughs> in its content mostly, um, and it was you know my piano, drums, bass, uh, you know pretty traditional pop right. kind of thing. This I wanted to be different. Um, I think you know it was more conceptually. You know all the songs were written around the same time in this theme um i've always oh one thing i should say nick abamante the harp player is also my partner <laughs> and um and he's also uh he's a bass at the depaul community chorus okay oh wow yeah. <laughs> so i've i've gone to so many <laughs> depaul community chorus uh performances and i've I, I really think that i've been like really influenced by that like um so i uh wanted to so in this project i have things like an overture 
that opens it up. Oh, cool. You know, where, uh, and there's, <laughs> and you know, I early on kind of env- heard and envisioned that a cello there and, um, you know, wanted voices like Andrea's that were more trained in an opera mm-hmm. um, background. And um, yeah, there's actually um, the, well, I don't know if I should give it away. There's sure, a little yeah. secret at the end of the track that is also references um, some more traditional classical um, inspiration. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so. This is kind of where I'm going with this. Is um, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I'm curious how you think about texture and 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 I th- how you think about textures musically and sonically because like for you because you mentioned like being drawn to. Um, you know, influenced by like choir music and and mm-hmm. drawn to these kind of classical textures. Do you find that that's because you want to like latch onto these things and it it be of that space, or or is it more playing with different textures? You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I think it is kind of playing, but uh, it just feels right for these particular songs. Too. Sure. Um, this particular project, it all it all kind of fits well together for me so it wasn't i didn't have to play around too much about well what kind of sound do i want yeah for these songs as soon as they were written they begged for a cello for example you know well i I find that really the reason kind of why i'm going here with this is um you know we haven't touched classical music conversations in like a month or two and um when we have it's always kind of been like you know, one of the recent things was we we published an editorial that went that went pretty popular about like how major institutions program, and the thing that there's a lot more to it. But the, what I'm what I'm gonna say is that's very relevant to this conversation and relevant to other conversations that when we do come back to like classical traditional music is that there's just a huge hunger for flexibility right mm-hmm. now. And what I what I find that like I am really glad to have kind of disconnected to some degree from you know like i sing occasionally but not not very often like i feel like you probably have like that speak when you have it's been like new works you know and i i find that like what has been really fortunate being someone that you know i have my master's degree in classical music like to to be to step away from it and recognize like what is being made of this moment um there is way more like like singers that i deeply respect are like wanting to play with Broadway, wanting to play with different forms, wanting to play with singer-songwriter traditions, like wanting to to find these mm-hmm. middle grounds, I guess you could say, between what's what's doing well in the world and what is stuck in the mud about opera. Well, cuz I think that, you know, 10, you know, 10 years ago when when I started my bachelor's degree, I, um, you know, I was told pretty immediately, like, you know, while you're studying classical music, you can only sing classical music. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, I have I have the ability to sing whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I? And and I think what's cool is that, you know, with, you know, kind of the the new wave of of music production is there is that flexibility mm-hmm. of like you like yeah you have like this is the tone that i want but i'm gonna have you sing this like this is the this is like the this is the vibe you're giving me and i want to see how it plays in this style mm-hmm. well and i think to 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 bring it back to tarot like to your uh your tower card thought like in a lot of ways i think we're taught that classical music and opera and, and these things are pedestals that are their towers they're sturdy mm. they're forever and <laughs> oh, what wow. I find that like more and more people that are trained they've seen the lightning like they've seen that like <laughs> the lyrics failing like like anyway, not to, we're, sorry, we're, sorry, we're sorry, getting, sorry we're getting down I can, I can maybe cut that but like the the real thing is um, yeah I, I guess I'm curious for you how much uh you hear that little crackling? That was fun. Um, of it's that, hard. It's yeah. hard for me to know how to trace the source of these things for me. You know, like I'm 
uh, my process is I kind of, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm playing the piano and just kind of losing track of time and just improvising. Um, I, 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 I've, I'm self-taught. I play by ear. Um, and so I just kind of, through that process, come up with different chord progressions and then kind of build on that. And I similarly, I just will just kind of write <laughs> in different free form um, to approach the lyrics. Um, so it's hard for me to know, to trace everything back and to like, okay, this, this comes from, you know, his being influenced by classical music and this part here is influenced by jazz gotcha. and this part here is influenced by Joni Mitchell. I mean, I listen to all three of those I things, but I can't, <laughs> I couldn't tell you, and I'm sure they're all there in the music, I'm sure. Um, but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in like making it and I, I my, my kind of, I invite uh, people who, who study music um, I would be. I would love to hear th their take, and for them to trace back these things and say, right. "Oh, hey, I think this comes from there, and this comes from there." I'd be really interested to hear that. But um, it's hard for me to know. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, so that is a, a thing that I'm really glad to have verbalized on the show because um, a lot of times this is the this is an interesting like because we find that this conversation is uh one that we have because in a lot of ways I, like the moment that we're in right now is both like like we're seeing so many things that we consider like you know trump being elected was shocking to many people and in a yeah. lot of ways like it was this idea of and i don't know why i'm now i'm now pontificating on my interpretation of your tarot card reading of the tower <laughs> card but like i but i i think it's i just think it's but so, i will continue to <laughs> well, but i think it's so of a lot of things that i've been thinking a lot about a lot lately which is just how there needs to be a new format for so many different things for mm. journalism for for um politics like so much mm. of what we need like there needs a reboot and and but i to that point to your point like that's not going to be without influence from what's worked in the past mm -hmm. and i think that that's a very comforting thought like to to recognize that like the things that have happened in the past like they were not all bad like just because they're they're being reshaped like that doesn't mean that like it has to be a completely like there are things that have worked and there are things that have not like it's just a part of like growth it's like sh the lobster shedding it's you know it's it's uh shell like it's just that's the i don't know the Do lobsters shed their shell yeah mm -hmm. no there's like a whole video of this like 80 year old man talking about like I, that was a deep pull weird facebook video deep pull that i just made <laughs> of this like old man talking about how change is when the lobster feels uncomfortable so he you know what goes under this is kind of freaky but you're referencing one of the lyrics of my songs by that lobster <laughs> are you serious thing. yeah yeah that's so good that's so good um i think i say crab but yeah. you know gotcha. crustacean family <laughs> yeah i mean it's close enough to be freaky <laughs> yeah. so i'm interested what are the other what were the other cards ah, in the reading yes all right so True confession time. The cards were not drawn randomly. <laughs> oh, got it. Fair. That's legit. Um, and actually, they're 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 sequential. Okay. So it started for me. It started um, uh, wanting you know to write a song. The tower image came to mind, so I kind of looked at that, and then I remembered something that River had taught me <laughs> some years ago, is that um, the deck can be divided into thirds, the major arcana um, is can be divided into the thirds, and that the tarot is in that last third, and that last third has can be titled as like the, the empower, uh, enlightenment cards. And so, I remembered that, oh, this tower is part of this collection of seven cards. Um, and so I want to I want to know what happens next after this tower. 
<laughs> what happens next? What's going to happen next? So that led me to the next card, um, which is the star, which then led me to the next card, which was the moon. And so I, I went from there. And there was one sequentially in the deck before the tower that opens the, the record. Um, that is the devil. So... What a way to start to start an album. <laughs> I know, right? Get, get right in there. <laughs> Set the tone. Uh, so it's the devil, the tower, the star, the moon. Yes, and then the sun, and then a really interesting card called judgment, mm. and um, and then the world. Wow. Yeah. So there's a song for each of those. That's so cool. Well, and the one that you um, talked about a bit. Uh, in your synopsis synopsis email was the moon mm-hmm. and that is an interesting because that kind of like the thing that I uh, was interesting to me about the tower card is the the fact that like what that card is about is kind of like the opposite of what you think it would be you know what I mean like the the moment of it is the moment of the tower falling not the not the stability of the tower mm. but like the the moon because the moon is much more actually would you mind because i'm gonna butcher it <laughs> you, would you mind kind of like explaining a little yeah, bit about, so yeah. here's the reading uh for the moon um for this uh record so um so let's see so i started this after the election it was i forget the what time period it was calendar wise but it was right around the time where we were all introduced to this um the phrase of alternative facts <laughs> oh that's right is when i was um oh, like boy. considering the moon card and uh, so my reading of that was uh thinking about the moon and how the light from that we get from the moon is is reflected light it's not the moon doesn't generate generate its own light um and so there's like and also kind of a, uh associations with the moon of like luna lunacy lunatic um i was also thinking about words like illusion and delusion <laughs> um and uh so this was kind of my my take on the card at this at that moment um that uh it's uh this in and the song is don't let the moon fool you so the song is about um don't be fooled by these illusions these um distortions mm. um so yeah um uh, what more can I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's I think that that's apt. And and as you said, like, you know, if you didn't specifically know that it was inspired by the ridiculous concept of alternative facts, yeah. that you know, that's just something that you can take with you. That's just something that you can yeah. put in your pocket. Like, don't be, don't let, you know secondary reflections you know mm. don't let don't let secondhand sunlight you know mm -hmm. trick you into yeah it's kind of a you know in in this reading this is the warning in the reading mm. be aware be aware that we are in an age of moonlight now we have things from our glowing screens telling us this and that and we need to know our own values to help us as to guide us through um this particular time of of illusion delusion and lunacy <laughs> oh my gosh well so one of the things you've also kind of touched on is this um how you've found a through line through these cards um and i i want to kind of explore that a little more um without kind of like giving away anything um <laughs> but i uh you know, I always think of when I when I think about like kind of storytelling and kind of narrative formation. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about how, where that narrative is gonna exist, you know, like because so it's a so it's a record. Is there also because and then there's a live show. Do you mm -hmm. find that you thought more about the format of telling it through a kind of this kind of like 
digital experience that we're seeing more and more today of of uh. or the have you thought of like this of it as like a live experience uh i think both um yeah so um you know there are there is or you know i'm actually kind of in this process now so I, i'm gonna say i I think there is, and I strongly hope there will be, and I intend there to be a digital booklet that, what, that yeah. comes with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it's important because there are these liner notes, um, like the different the readings of the, you know the, the cards and the readings of the cards are. There's additional information on, mm-hmm. on that um, beyond the lyrics of the, in, in the songs themselves. Um, so that was definitely part of this as well as the whole package design and um you know i have seven symbols that actually nick has designed um that go along with each of the songs and so that's that's been very much part of this uh project as well um how it's packaged and also uh in live concerts um i've been doing like house concerts with this material um, and partly one of the great things about that is, is like a way to kind of try out different ways of talking about yeah. <laughs> these things because, um, yeah. you know, it's a little bit tricky to like, like I said, different people have different relationship to Tarot and for some people it's a real turnoff like, oh, that's going to be some woo-woo stuff or it's, or, or maybe if, you know, they come from a background where they were taught that was of the devil and and really scary um and you know so um so i think that was a good uh experience for me to like do house concerts uh for with friendly people mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of try out different ways of uh, explaining this and so um the big uh release uh concert is the 30th june 30th at elastic arts at 8 p.m. Um, and this is a really great opportunity because everybody that's on the record is going to be there um, performing. So nice. Andrea, River, Jen, Jan, Nick, we're all going to be there. Um, Elastic Arts is a great venue. They have a grand piano. Um, it's going to be great. And I've learned from the experiences of doing the house concerts and performing the songs live. Um, that I've kind of um, honed up the banter. To... Nice. Well, I, that's kind of what I think is really interesting because that's the that's kind of what I was getting at is like using the narrative of a tarot reading. Like it's such a specific experience, and like you said, like it's it's different for everyone. And so the the idea of taking it to a musical experience is both an exciting and difficult challenge to me like like figuring out the format that works so it's really cool to hear like how much uh like the flexibility of figuring out how it works is something that you've considered Mm because that seems to me like that you would that you would need to for something like this when you're especially because it is so um i mean it is so of like people different people i'm trying to think if there's a word for that the idea of like different people bringing different experiences to an experience like it's so perspective driven it's kind of the the perspective seems pretty collaborative yeah what was there i'm wondering like as you worked with these different performers and you know you you speak to the fact that people do have different relationships to these cards and you know have had different you know and Mm -hmm. you know knowing that people do have different reactions and different experiences during this time like was there any was there an aspect of collaboration in informing how these cards and how these songs spoke to that yeah um definitely uh so early on um like the very first performance in front of an audience was an invited audience of people who 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 uh, 
who read to Rodax. Oh wow! <laughs> I, cool. wanted to, I wanted to make sure that like everything was yeah. That, was, you know that, that would I'm... also be the first. That's a very very good first. Move. <laughs> that is like pro advice. Yeah. yeah. Like all right, that's okay. We're done. Was I right? <laughs> so it was a small group of of, of friends um, that uh, you know that read Tarot. Also, there was some, uh, you know, artists, um, theater people. Basically, that was the the very first audience I wanted to shop this this idea around with. Got there, got some feedback, changed a few things. Also, I must say that River River Roberts, who's one of the affinities, has been um, continues to be not only my nearest and dearest friend but also continues to be you know uh my my primary tarot teacher so um so she was very um it was great just to kind of bounce these ideas and in lyrics with with her and i what i something that i love about this is how much you have put like like the your team is a solid team. Is that, <laughs> is that something that you uh, actively sought out, or did you find yeah. were, like was it just fortunate? Oh, that you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, it's kind of both. You know, it's kind of like I know it's kind of a, a cliche kind of sentence, but like I put it out there for the universe yeah. to give me the right team. <laughs> right. right. You know, <laughs> and um, so, but I, actually, that's really interesting because. Let me tell you the origin of the affinity. Sure, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. pretty interesting. Um, so, like I said, River has been a dear friend of mine for a, quite a long time. Um, one day, she says, "Oh, I sang back up on this project. You want to hear it? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay." And what I heard was um, that Journey song, "Don't Stop Believing," but it was in a different language. And I said, well, "What language are you singing in?" Uh, she was singing harm- the like the backup harmony uh, with that, and oh, it's a Klingon. <laughs> oh, so um, yeah, that's cool. So this was I see you, Andrea. I see- <laughs> so Jen Ucellus, who's one of the affinities, she's also known as the Klingon pop warrior. So she has translated some well-known pop songs cool. into Klingon, and she's made these recordings. Uh, and she and she performs in costume, and and uh, she's fantastic. If you get a chance, go see her show. Go listen. Go find her music. Cool. The Klingon Pop Warrior. Um, but I was like, okay, that's really uh, I'm fascinated, uh, and um, <laughs> and also it just so happens that you guys sound really your harmonies are are great and and so um that's the other two so there was jen in river and there was in andrea was also singing harmony on this um don't stop believing yeah (laughs) andrea you've been hiding that from us (laughs) i know yes i'm expecting a link like as soon as this episode gets released as soon as you hear this there better be a link (laughs) yeah that's so good. Very disappointed in you, Andrea. <laughs> so I asked River to get me in touch with them, and they were. I explained the, the this concept and the songs, and they were uh, both Jen and Andrea were like, "Yeah, I'm interested. Let's 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 get together." And, cool. Well, I love the overlap. This. That speaks a lot to um, what we've been working on. And, you know, there are people that hate astrology or hate any like there. Are, there's sometimes where like you. It's a very, like, nerd culture-driven thing. <laughs> or, like, yeah. you know, like, we are big... Like, we play Dungeons & Dragons. Uh-huh. Like, there's like all, there's a lot of different little niches that we find ourselves in. But in a lot of times, like, these niches can have major overlap in ways that you would never expect. And I find that so fascinating. And I think that's because the... Because we're talking about community. I, I Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think that... Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I was like exactly the word I was looking for. Because, like, I, I think that valuing and finding community is so important, and it's that is what I think is gonna get us through. Like, like is uh-huh. is finding again, like that that reason to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. You know, 
don't know. So I'm interested, um, you know, kind of what led you to make certain decisions about like ensemble on particular songs. Like you mentioned that mm-hmm. one of them, one of the you know pieces is a duet between you and Andrea. Another one is a duet between River mm-hmm. and Jen. I'm wondering, like, what about each card and subsequently each piece lent itself well to being a duet between a male and a female voice? Interesting. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how these ideas where I, I can't. I've lost track of where they began. <laughs> but, right, yeah. No, I mean, but I know, like, it's been the, like two years. <laughs> the, the end result. Um, so, like, uh, Andrea sings the duet with me on the, the song um, associated with the star, the star card. And uh, just to kind of summarize real quick the concept behind the star card and that song, the song is called So Far From Alone. And um so after this tower crumbles it's all dark and you can't see your way around but then ding there's a little star and you get a little bit of light and maybe just enough light to see where you're at and then your eyes adjust and you see there's more and more and more and more stars and soon there's there's enough there's enough light from these stars in the sky that you can find your next step you can find what what you're going to do next, and I was writing this song um, at the. I, I had the good fortune to be able to go to D.C. for the Women's March, and um, so was had was contemplating the star card on the bus ride, and during that experience, and and that's when this idea of um, so far from alone that was the kind of phrase that kept coming to my mind in the at the march, like just how many of us were, are there. And and also like, it was interesting, like there were so many people that um, when it came to marching, sometimes there wasn't space to really march, but people wanted to march, like these swirls started happening. Mm. And it was like, it looked like a galaxy. It looked like a galaxy of pink stars, <laughs> pussy hat stars swirling around. And I was thinking about the star card. And so anyhow, the idea of the song is, um, as a duet, is like I kind of bring voice to the darkness in the verses. And then Andrea in the soprano voice is kind of represents that starlight with the chorus. And then as what happens with dark and light is that dark starts to sound more light. <laughs> And then we start singing together on the chorus. Yeah. That's really beautiful. That's really cool. Um, well, we actually have only a few minutes left. Really? Yeah. I know this keeps happening um, where it, they, they go by very quickly. Um, but so, yeah. So the one of the last things we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes okay. that's very obvious, like letting people know where they can come out to a release show on yes. June 30th. But that was the day, yes. date that, that existed in a, in a space that was necessary. Um, otherwise, we love hearing shout outs to other folks that you think are doing dope work mm. or any media that you're consuming. Uh, self-care or otherwise, oh, music, wow. movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Okay. Um, so let me uh, let me give so one thing that we didn't uh, have time to talk about, but I, I, I am a therapist <laughs> as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to the group practice that I'm part of, Urban Balance. Cool. And um, you know, these are hard times and um, I think it's important to know um, that that there's help out there and um, um, yeah, so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let that. Uh, please please find the help. Urban Balance is um, uh, pretty easy to work with. Um, works with um, I think every insurance provider um, out there. So um, take a look at that. Um, and uh, so the plug, <laughs> um, the record release is June thirtieth at Elastic Arts at 8 p.m. You can go to Elastic Arts. I believe there's a link to get tickets there. You can also uh, look me up at on Facebook, um, Kevin Newhall Music, um, and you'll find the event page there. 
Um, please spread the word around. I'd love to. I'd love to fill the house. So uh, you know, please, uh, please come. Eight o'clock, June thirtieth. Elastic Arts. Um, and the record is called "Don't Let the Moon Fool You." Kevin Newhall and the Affinities. If you can't make it to the show, uh, pick up the the recording. It'll be on iTunes and all that other nice stuff. Nice, cool, cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first and most important is to head over to scottbmag.com. That's our website. We post all of our podcasts and articles there. Yes, we also do articles. Yes, they're fantastic. Um, the most recent is uh, an article version of the podcast that we did with Carl Alexander, a local countertenor um, who founded the Voiced Project, which is um, a project to highlight black composers. Um, fantastic article. The Thanks to Kenya Hall. Um, do check it out. Otherwise, you can actually that. When is this episode going up? When is the episode going up? What day is today? Did we have an episode this morning? No. Then maybe this afternoon. Anyway, so it, it, if it's if it's Friday when you're listening to this, it went up Friday afternoon. There might be another article that went up tomorrow. Anyway, sorry. Um, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board. Andrea is a part of that group. We're a part of that group. It's just it's, we talk about local arts, local politics, local everything, um, national everything. We just have a lot of fun conversations. There's a lot of people sharing astrology, tag yourself memes into there. Um, it's super fun. Uh, otherwise, you can keep up with us up with us on Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter under Scopy Mag, spelled the same way as the website. You can also find the podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, under Scopy Radio, under most podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, and Radio Public, including. Great. And I'm here to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to scopymag.com and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts that will let you know every time we post something. This is important because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook eats our shit. So you should, uh, if you want to see 100% of what we're doing and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. Uh, the second thing you can do is to become a member. At $5 a month, you're going to get a pin that says go out and make something. And at $10 a month, you're going to be on the RSVP list for our upcoming house concert series, Scopy Studio. We're looking for nine more people to sign up at that level so that we can pay our fucking artists. So please do that. So, uh, oh, and if you're interested in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.